Hello, everybody out there. This is Raising Cane's episode seven. We have uh, my good friend Deborah here. Uh, we're going to talk about raising kids from uh, little tykes to adulthood during the divorce era. So she's one of my successful stories, success stories. Oh, and okay. uh, she's done a, a really good job and, and is doing a great job. And she has a lot to impart to people out there. So oh. Deborah, say hi to the fans out there. Hello, fans. Hello, fans. Thank you, Deborah. That was very good. <laughs> it's going to be a good show. So when you got divorced, your kids were how old? Um, oh, gosh. When I got divorced. Well, let's start. When I moved to Colorado, um, they were nine and three. Okay. Yeah. So what were some of the challenges that you had, like right off the bat, you know, <clears throat> post, you know, pre-divorce, during, post? What, what are some of the challenges that, that other people might um, experience? Uh, finding um, sh- affordable housing, uh, finding employment. Because I, I left when we were stationed in, in Germany. So I came to Colorado with, you know, household goods, but no place to put them and no job and no vehicle. So I had to start from scratch. Um, I had a sister that lived here, so I I lived with her until um, I was able to find employment and transportation and a place to stay. So you had to rely on your village. Yeah, I did. I had to find my support system, um, which... Ultimately, was her, and then um, shout out to you, sisters. Hey, hey, sister. <laughs> hey, California. <laughs> and uh, she she had surrounded herself with a lot of good women, so they were also uh, very supportive. They they took me into the fold, so to speak, and um, really showered with showered me with love and support, and um, you know helped me take care of my kids while I figured out. <clears throat> what my next move was going to be. Um, I've always wanted to go to school, go to college. And um, <clears throat> so I was able to start on that path about a year after I, I moved here. And they were very supportive in that, uh, in that journey with me. So basically you were always trying to better yourself, trying to get to that next level because yes. you knew you had to better yourself in order to take care of your kids? Well, I knew without an education, it would be um, hard, harder than um, someone who had an education. So I went ahead and, you know, I I was on a four-year track. took me six years to finish because I had to work full-time to support my kids and I went to school part-time, but I finished. I finished finished a four-year program in six years, going part-time, working full-time, and raising my kids on my own. So you were able to do it. So you can tell other people out there that that there is hope. Oh, yeah. You just have to uh, move through your day one one step at a time. Um, But in doing so, you also have to let your children know that they are a priority for you. And when they need you, you have to be there. you also have to allow them the opportunity to 
voice their opinions, make mistakes, but make those mistakes within the the ground the groundwork that you've you've laid for them and the, and the boundaries that you've set for them. <clears throat> and if they happen to make a mistake, you know there has to be consequences to those to their action. And uh, just get them in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Brian out there. Hit him in the throat. That's anyway. not for me. <laughs> I don't condone, nor am I encouraging physical assault on your children as a form of discipline. <laughs> Hit him in the throat. Yeah. But that's cool, Boundaries though. Boundaries and guidelines seem to work yeah. well for me and my kids. Yeah, but sometimes, you know, you, know, you got to go to bed, so you just got to hit him in the throat real quick. Come here, kid. Come in your throat. <laughs> That's like saying giving them diamond tap so they can yeah. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't done that yet. Got to probably wait for grandkids for that one. So that's 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 okay. Oh, good God! <laughs> <laughs> no, this is going to be fun. Did you? No. <laughs> well, no, but it sounds like you know with the uh, with with the guidelines and everything else, you were, you were successful and and you know I talk about raising kids and and giving them boundaries and uh, goals you know that that's one thing we don't talk about enough of goals you know yeah. how how do you impart to your children to have goals well you have to give them um you have to show them by example early early on um and you have to <clears throat> what i did was i you know i i constantly reminded them that mommy's going to school is doing all this hard work so that i can get you know, my degree in, at that point, it was psychology. Um, and they, they, they were with me on that journey, you know, because they also had to sacrifice when I was going to school. Mm-hmm. You know, I would have to pick them up from school and then drop them off at a friend's house or my sister's house. So they were, in, you know, they were included in that journey with me. Um, and they knew what my, my ultimate goal was. And so when you, when you, tell them and show them, I think they learn better. So when they grew up, they knew that college was just the next step. That was, yeah. 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 They, they, they realized um, early on that my expectation of them is for them to quote unquote, do their job, which was go to school, graduate school, and then you go to college. Um, Because we all have jobs, we all have responsibilities and so for my children and my household, my expectation to for them was to, you know, do their job, which was go to school, get good grades so that you could prepare yourself to go to college, because that was that was the um, expectation in my house. So what are some of the pitfalls you can see or or um, trenches that some of the parents can may experience during those times? You know, let's let's say you're going to school. And, and, you know, the kids are in school. And so what are some of those trenches or pitfalls that might happen? Well, um, <clears throat> a pitfall that you could fall into, I, I, I would suppose as a single parent is not having a good support network around you because you cannot do that on your own. It, it would, it, it would be extremely difficult, if not impossible, to um, 
you know, as a single parent working full time, going to school, you know, doing my homework, helping my kids with their homework, um, taking them to their sporting events because they were also active in the community as well. Um, that would have been extremely difficult without a support group. You know, there was times where I would take my daughter to her soccer game while my sister took uh, my son to his football game, you know. Um, so make sure that you have supportive people encouraging you to continue on your journey and not discouraging you. Yeah, because you can't have friends that kind of become the crab in the barrel. Oh, yeah. 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 Why are you doing all that work? You need yeah. to be out here, you know, with us doing whatever it is that they're doing. Um, don't don't let people discourage you from your goal. That'd be a big one. Mm-hmm. And making sure that your kids know that they're important, that they matter. You know, you got to get down on their level um, when you're when you're dealing with little kids. You've got to look them in the eye and not tower over them when, you know, when you're having a conversation with them. Because when you look somebody in the eye, they know instantly that, okay, she's listening to me. And That's a connection. There's a connection, yeah. So it's it's important to, you know, take time for your kids as well as your friends and family. Yeah, because you got to keep that balance, I think. And, you, you, do. you know, I uh, tell people that, um, you know, it's kind of like when the plane goes down, you know, and the, um, the oxygen masks come out. You know, they always say, mm-hmm. put yours on first mm-hmm. and then put your kids on. Because right. if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of your kids. Exactly. So you got to be happy yep. and and do your thing and and have your fun. You know, it's just not about work, 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 work. You know, you got to be able to balance work, that work, a little bit, work, I think. Work, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And me, him in the throat. But anyway. <laughs> Mama got to get some, too. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> then you really will hit him in the throat. Hit him in the throat, yeah. I was at, I was at the club. Be still. <laughs> Here, drink this. So, so mama's got to go out and have her fun too. So, she, yeah. so, so it just can't be work, 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 work. <laughs> right? There's got to be a balance. <laughs> oh my gosh! We definitely gonna have some people comment on this one. <laughs> But back to the children, please. Okay, professional face. Yeah, yeah, professional face. Oh, man, that was good. Man, that's probably the funniest part yet on these podcasts. Um, You know, you 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 want to take care of them. And Mm. uh, I I feel that kids strive for order, you know. Mm. And if you don't give them order, they just act out. Right and, right. and and then people wonder why they act out. That drives me crazy. It's like it's so simple. You know, some well, some people don't see it. Well, you know, kids like everybody else need need healthy boundaries to operate in because that that enables them to feel secure because if they don't have their their parents guiding them through this life, they're just going to, you know, they're they're going to go they're going to be wild. So I've always believed that children needs need boundaries in order for them to, you know, navigate this world because it's huge out there, right? Yep. I mean, it's, it's this is a scary and place, and, and getting scarier and bigger as we talk. Um, and if and if you can't um, 
in a safe environment, show your children that, okay, this is, you know, these are things that are acceptable. And if you step outside of that boundary, well, these are the consequences that can happen. Um, and be consistent when you're doing that. They're going to, they're going to be wild. Yeah. They're going to think that nothing applies to them. No rules applies to them and they can behave however they want to behave. And those are going to be the kids that end up in the system because they were never taught that there are boundaries and there are consequences. So through your work, uh, uh, your job is uh, social work. You know, that's your background. And, and you see. <laughs> through your work, Deborah. Um, so, so you've seen these, these, these things come to fruition where, where parents don't have the boundaries on their kids oh, yeah. and end up in the system. Oh, yeah. And, oh, you, yeah. and you see it all the time. Uh, every day. Yeah. Every day. And it's, it's sad because, you know, I've, I always, I've always had this motto that a child, a child is really a blank slate in, in the beginning of life. And everything they learn has been imprinted on them by their environment. So the parent has the ability to really produce a, a very good product at the end of the day or a very um, damaged product at the end of the day. And it just depends on one, how many how many people are involved in, in, in connected to that child? Mm -hmm. And two, how committed that parent is to, to ensuring that the child ends up a protective individual in the community. Now, we, we don't get a manual on how to parent. Amen. We don't. But that's not an excuse because there is so much information out there nowadays that you can access to help you to become a better parent, a better person. Um, you do that for your job. You know, you learn, you read, you go to training to increase your skill set for your employment. Why wouldn't you do that for your child? That to me is the most important job. That product at the end of the day, your child and their development is the most important asset we have in this world. Well, I've got two questions for you since hmm. you since you did that one. So what about these external influences? You know, you can do everything right raising your kid. There's always some external influences. You know, maybe they get hooked up with the wrong person. Maybe they try drugs for the first time or, or something like that. There's always that little element of external influences that you can't control. That's true. But hopefully you, you give your kid kids the wherewithal to stay within the parameters. Hey, this is how I raised you. And maybe you shouldn't do that. Maybe you shouldn't go outside that comfort zone. But exactly. I've seen kids come from great homes, great parents, and just one, one bad night. It, it just turns horribly wrong. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And that's, that's what we and, call and outliers in yeah. the statistical world. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing that, that used to scare me when, I, when my kids were little. Yeah. There was that always that outside element mm -hmm. that could come in and just devastate everything you've done. That's true. But remember in the, in the, um, when I, when I was talking about when they're younger, mm -hmm. when, you have to continue to instill in them, you know, there's going to be people out there that's going to try and make you do bad things yep. and make it look good. 
And even if you happen to mess up, because you give them the opportunity to mess up early in life, where yep. it's not going to be so devastating and earth shattering and, you know, life changing and life altering for them when they're younger, so that when they are teenagers, you know, young teenagers, mm-hmm. and they come up against somebody who's offering them to do something that is wrong, and they know, they know if they've been raised with, you know, you don't do those yep. kinds of things, they'll, they'll have, They'll have the knowledge that they can come and talk to you about that kind of stuff. You know? Oh, yeah, communication. That's mm-hmm. something we haven't talked about, open mm-hmm. communication. Yeah. Yeah, that's very important. Yeah, and I mean, it's – and all of this stuff is going on, you know, at the same time You're, you're when you're allowing your children to operate within these boundaries. And, they, and sometimes they may not make the choices that you would make, but still allow them the opportunity to, you know, make a mistake, talk them through it, and then – send them on their way so that they can hopefully mess up again when they're younger so that they'll know, oh, um, okay, I I was able to make decisions before. I know what that looks like. I know how that feels. Well, if I happen to make a mistake when I get a little older, I can still talk to my parents about it or my, you know, my dad or my mom about it and not feel like they're going to explode and yell at me and criticize me. Yeah. And, you know, some of that is, you know, Having that open communication kind of works. Well, I wouldn't say against you. You're like, it's always good. But there was a couple of times I had to get the communication, mm-hmm. go in the bedroom, scream in the pillow, come back out and smile. Like, yeah. hey, cool. Thanks yeah. for telling me. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. You just had to roll with it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I mean, and you know, in the real world, that's what happens. You you make a mistake you and you know you dread it because you know you've done something wrong. But you still have to go and talk to your parent about it. And you know, as a child or a young adult, that they're going to be upset about it. But just because they express their disappointment in you doesn't mean it's the end of the world. Because you're still going to be able to talk through it and move forward. You know, Um, if you raise your child with open communication, you're you're telling them that their opinions count and, and, and that you actually want to hear their opinion. They have a stake in the game. Yeah. What about those, and we talked about this before, over coffee. What about those who... who Oh, the coffee with the Baileys in it? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, she got jokes. I don't remember that one. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God her kids are almost grown. Um, (laughs) They are. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. Uh, What about people who have access to therapy, but look at therapy as the devil? That's that happens a lot. Yeah, yeah that's unfortunate because I, I, I think therapy is oh, not because I'm a licensed clinical social worker. Well, almost. I just waiting for them to give me the nod on the yes. Um, I'm a licensed social worker, so I believe that therapy is, you know, it's just kind of like uh, maintenance for your your mental health. You know, you people take. I say this all the time. It's an analogy. Um, People will take their vehicle to get an oil change, to get the maintenance, to get the tune-up. People will take their bicycles in to get a tune-up. What the hell is wrong with going in and talking to somebody who has the experience and the expertise in mental health and getting your mental health tune-up? There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Why does therapy have a stigma? What? Where does the stigma come from? Um, societal stigmas. Well, it started with, I think, 
um, a lack of understanding what mental health diagnoses actually meant. Um, because you have to remember psychology is, is, is fairly a new born baby in the realms of, you know, um, mental health care. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had access to the brain like we've, we do now. We haven't had, we don't, we didn't have the technology that we have now, um, like a hundred years ago, you know? So it's, it's, a relatively new field, and I believe that's where the stigma comes from, is the lack of knowing and lack of understanding. Okay. Um, that's why I think that, yeah, the fear of the unknown. That's where the stigma comes from. Um, I think that's very common, that mm-hmm. that a lot of people have that fear and that stigma of looking at therapy as like a negative. It's like, you, you know, you're going to therapy, there's something wrong with you. Yes, there is something wrong with you, but there's something we can fix. Right. There's something yeah. wrong with everybody walking yeah. down the street. I think there's oh, something yeah. wrong with you if you know that there's something wrong and you don't, don't want to fix it. it. <laughs> like, yeah, there's like something you said, wrong with you. <laughs> like you said, you'll take your car in and get that flat fixed, but you don't take your body in and get it get, right. it, get it analyzed. Or, yeah. Your or mental fixed. health is a foundation of your, your well-being. And yeah. if that is cracked or is unstable, you'll never be a fully formed individual. And I think that starts early, you know, because I remember growing up as a kid, you know, if if you were crazy, then you, you don't want to be around people. It's like, oh, hey, yeah. hey, that kid's crazy. Don't yeah. don't talk to him. Especially in Afri- African American culture, we yeah. have this um, huge concept, stigma. Oh my, god, oh my god! That you know, you don't talk about it. You know, yeah. well, you know, you got a crazy uncle, but you don't talk about it. Yeah. You don't discuss the fact that, well he's got a diagnosis of schizophrenia and that's something that needs to be discussed because that's genetic base. Yeah. You know, and that could be passed on to your kids or your kids' kids. And you kind of want to know that history so that you could start recognizing the signs, you know, and, and it's unfortunate that uh, we've, we've been brought up in a culture where not because of our, you know, our not unwarranted, concern or biases where we really distrust doctors. I mean, historically we have just cause <laughs> yeah. to be oh, distrustful definitely. when they want to yeah. run experiments, experiments on, on yeah. you like, know, hello folks. Yeah. yeah. But hopefully times have changed. Yeah. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I believe so. Um, you know, it's change is a slow thing and, but it's, it's happening. Yeah. Well, we appreciate Deborah coming in. Going to cut this short and appreciate you guys listening and hope something we said or talked about other than the babies and the, uh, the coffee, uh, will, will help Try you Tito's. along your way. <laughs> <laughs> will help you along your way. If your kids get on your nerves, <laughs> toss some Tito's. <laughs> but they're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Oh, this is definitely going on the podcast. I'm not going to edit this at all. This is coming straight up at the people. But thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.